We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back to the Ask Dr. Gibbs net radio show coming from XCBN in Toronto, Canada. My show is designed for the listener to ask questions about five what I consider highly problematic topics that are in the air, which are largely, from my vantage point, unexplored in depth and breadth. These include the prevention and treatment of heroin and opioid addiction, how to effectively manage anxiety, depression, frustration, stress, and other so-called negative feelings, mainly without the use of drugs. A third topic is suggested course additions for police and citizens in effectively intervening to de-escalate potential violence. Another issue is for those who are considering entering some form of psychotherapy. Uh, I would like to invite you to ask probably many questions with respect to what method should you use, how do you know you're picking the right therapist, how long does it last, and so forth. And finally, the topic of today, which has been the topic of the last nine broadcasts, which is uh, examining in depth and breadth the nature, interpreting, and uses of meaningful coincidences called synchronicities by Jung, who was the founder of that word. Today, uh, many of you will probably be relieved that I'm moving away from theory, which I have obviously stressed a great deal, 
in these uh, broadcasts to get to what I think you probably will feel is the meat and potatoes of, okay, so we have these things. They're very impressive, amazing. Um, question, what do we do with them? And if you are aware of the title of my book on this subject, which is the result of 45 years of uh, researching this very complex and challenging subject, the name of my book is Demystifying the um, Demystifying Meaningful Coincidences, Synchronicities, The Evolving Self, The Personal Unconscious, and The Creative Process. So demystifying is possibly going to sound demystifying to many of you. It's important to realize that the Jungians and Jungian theory has pretty much of a lock on all books written on this subject. And Jungian theory essentially has to do with the idea that there is a combination of psychodynamics or what the self brings to the experience, plus his rather mystical, magical idea that the universe is spiritualized and that these messages are a combination of the self making a connection, a felt real connection with what he assumes to be this spiritualized um, universe. That's 90%. Uh, these messages are often experienced as if they are transcendent. They come from some other source. They seem to be otherworldly. Uh, they seem to be connected with issues of uh, being guided. People say, I'm on the right road. There's a green light. You, you know the, uh, the drill. That's fine. I initially started as a de facto union until I got into an 11-year psychoanalysis and plugged in what I believe is critical thinking. And I began to ask, I began to see that what he said about the explanation of synchronicities uh, and presented in terms of absolute um, answers to ultimate questions such as who am I, what do I want, and so forth, he said that his particular theory was really all you need and that there's no further explanation needed. Uh, as a graduate of Columbia College and majoring in philosophy, and I guess just being ordinary, ordinary I started to uh, be upset with his uh, sort of uh, dogmatic approach in which he, would, in which he concluded that a rational explanation of these uh, mysterious events is not even thinkable. Well, that did it. He, I felt he was like my father, and I figured I'm not letting you guys, I'm not letting you get away with this. And I started to ask questions, which I found were really challenging and complicated. And the, the questions that I asked began to stir up a hornet's nest of um, further questions. Uh, some of them having to do with the idea that you know he eliminated causality as a link between the internal event and the external event that always has to do with uh, the structure of any synchronicity. All synchronicities are different, but they have a common structure. There's an internal event, an external event. They seem to be connected not by causality, but by what he calls an equivalence of meaning and simultane simultaneity. So I started asking questions like, well, if you eliminate causality, conventional causality, and substitute for it his rather um, odd concept of a causality, which is really causality, only he says there's no explanation. There's got to be some kind of explanation. 
when he does that, I think it's throwing the baby out with the bath. One of my questions was, well, okay, so you get rid of conventional causality. Does that mean there's no other causality that you can have? We will continue on after this break. Johanna Carroll, host of Dialogue with Divinity on the Exxon Broadcast Network. While walking along Kanapali Beach in Maui this past year, I kept discovering all these shells and coral in the shape of hearts. My Dialogue with Divinity was very simple. Do you want me to do a retreat to heal people's hearts in Maui next year? And of course, the answer was yes. As a master spiritual teacher, I am offering you a neat retreat called RISE, May 8th through the 12th, 2017, and the chance of a lifetime to rest at a five-star resort for five days and experience a spiritual renewal of your heart and soul. Kanapali is one of the top five beaches in the world. This stunning resort has undergone a $40 million renovation. I walked the entire property, checked out the room choices on your behalf, and I must say it is stunning. Our conference room faces the ocean with sliding glass doors. Maui is known as Mother Maui because it is a soft, gentle, healing energy. In the embrace of Mother Maui, you will feel yourself rising from the limitations of an ordinary life to an extraordinary journey of peace, bliss, and harmony a greater sense of clarity. Our RISE retreat ignites renewal in the sacred elements of air, water, earth, fire, and wind. There's plenty of free time to enjoy all that Maui has to offer. A small deposit is required now to reserve your space as this retreat, it will sell out. For more details, please go to johannacarroll.com and register today. Aloha, and I'll see you in mystical Maui. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. 
If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today, Know the Name, Know the Person, or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Welcome back to the Ask Dr. Gibbs show. I ended uh, the last segment by describing some of the key questions that I raised, and my book essentially is a um, description of my answers that I researched. Among the core questions that I think really gets to the heart of trying to understand these amazing phenomena, or what Thomas Kuhn calls anomalous scientific anomalies, they seem to defy ready explanation in the paradigm of the moment, and Jung's um, tossing out conventional causality as an, ad, in, as an inadequate explanation for linking the internal event and the external event, and when you do that, you're left with an equivalence of meaning and simultaneity. In doing that, he really upset the uh, conventional uh, Freudian view that everything can ultimately be understood if you know the cause, that every effect has a cause, and if you can really get the most accurate um, combination, that's the key to understanding everything from his vantage point. Jung says, um, no, can't do it with these kind of things, so if you believe that, you upset the paradigm, and in effect, he started a new paradigm, which has lasted today and very much in the air, the whole new age thing, and the... um, battle between, or the dialogue between spirituality and science, it's really in the air. The stuff is really important. In any event, I believe that the core issue is really trying to understand the nature of meaning. And the big questions surrounding that are, what do we mean by meaning? And what is the process that leads to meaning? And how do you um, utilize that in making connections between internal and external? Further, is there a connection between various alternative concepts of causality and different interpretations of the meaning of meaning? And will they generate possibly new concepts which can be used to generate alternative forms of synchronicities? No, I said a lot, but um, if you're really interested in this, I suggest you might want to take a look at my book, which you'll find on Amazon. You'll see a pretty good overview. I have a lot of papers written on this subject in detail. Uh, you might go to gibsonline.com where you will see the um, papers under the theory section. If you can't afford the book, which you may not be able to, it's fairly expensive, I urge you to go to your public library, tell them that you heard about this great book and you would like to see if they would order it for the general public. And then if they do, tell all your friends, your family, and anybody you can see that you've got wind of this incredible book. Um which you may or may not think is credible at the end of reading it. I would be most interested in your responses uh, and if you have additional questions about this topic and or the other four topics that I will be discussing, I urge you to send them in. If you can go to Facebook, you'll see a um, site that I call Ask Dr. Gibbs. You can ask your questions there. In subsequent programs, I will try to answer each one. If I can't do it um, 
on the program. I'll try to uh, respond to you by email. Today, I want to describe the highlights of the two dominant theories of synchronicity. Uh, one is the Jungian and his followers. As I said, it's about 90% of uh, the material on this topic. The second uh, is an inferred combination of Freud and synchronistically, same name as me, Williams, has the first initial is the same too, G. Williams, an inference, an inferred combination of a theory of Freud and Williams, and more detail as to why I choose my own as the one to use, if you got to be stuck with one. In that connection, I do not pretend to have the final say on this topic. I don't think anybody does. It's extraordinarily complicated, and just when you think you have your hands around it, there's another wrinkle that uh, demands research. However, what I am hoping I can stir in each of you who are tuned into this, obviously because you like the subject matter and you want further information as to what to do with it, I urge you, please keep an open mind. There are at least two, three, four different methods of decoding these seemingly just, uh, mysterious messages, and I will give you some details as to how to utilize mine. I think the best way to do this, so you won't shortchange yourself since they are different methods, if you keep an open mind, take a given synchronicity and apply various methods, and then you decide what works best for you. They all work. The question is what works best, and I will try to give you a um, criteria for how do you determine what's the best among the, the litter. Last week, I began to answer the question of why so much emphasis on theory. Um, some of you are going to think it's all a bunch of malarkey and people like me, you know, these nerdy types uh, get very involved in uh, uh, theory and it's a waste of time and why don't you just cut to the chase and talk about the meat and potatoes. That's fine, except if you really like this topic, you will be so much more enriched if you will take the pathway that I took. Because a serious investigation of this amazing topic inevitably enlarges your mind because you're going to have to get interested in such topics as specular philosophy, depth psychology, at the esoteric occult, spirituality, and particularly the um, scientific method. <clears throat> there are other areas as well, but these are the five that I think are most important in my trying to understand the nature and use of these uh, extraordinary events. Um, so I make a plea for open-mindedness. What, um, to give you an outline First, in terms of um, Jung, one of the best papers I have read is by Ray DeGrasse, Ray Grass, uh, having to do with the, he calls it the mind of God. I don't have the reference, but uh, it's easily looked up. Google it. Read the paper. It's really quite good. And what he does is to detail the major difference between Jung and anybody else in terms of 
in terms of interpretation. And what he says, in effect, is that when Jung eliminates causality, conventional causality is an inadequate linking principle between the inner event and the outer event. What he substitutes, what Jung substitutes for causality, he calls it a causality, but he's really talking about correspondence theory. And correspondences um, are the, uh, the epitome of the um, logic that is used in, let's say, occult sciences and also spirituality. The occult makes the assumption that everything is unified. You hear that all over the place. You know, there's meaning to everything and there are no coincidences and that there's absolute unity and you can connect into it. And it's obviously got spiritual and religious implications. And what they do is they have a sort of neat formula. They talk about the relationship between the macrocosm, the big picture, and the small picture of, let's say, life on Earth. And, they, and correspondence theory has to do with the idea of as above, below, and as below, above, so that in a way everything is connected. And the way you make the connections for yourself intellectually as in um, occult sciences, is to major in one or more pathways such as esoteric astrology, palmistry, numerology, Kabbalah, and so forth. These are all pathways to go from the self to understanding the big picture, the microcosm corresponding to the macrocosm, and so forth. It's a very neat theory. It's, it's very seductive and quite nice. And uh, I spent many years in class, uh, classes, learning how to uh, become expert in reading tarot and I Ching and so forth. It's extraordinarily exciting and interesting and valuable because I think it deals with the whole self in relationship to not only ideas, but it incorporates feelings and such uh, things as luck and destiny and synchronicity and possibly karma. It includes everything. That's neat. Most things don't. They tend to be prejudiced and uh, knock out of experience uh, certain things that everybody has, but they simply say, well, it's not important or it's don't waste your time. No, it's these kinds of events that make you scratch your head and add zest to life, and it's very interesting. I think it should be included. In any event, correspondence theory does that. Um, I subscribe to it. It's very useful. However, I don't stop there. I think that there is indeed a new way of viewing causality, which um, has to do with incorporating all of these uh, extra special experiences that you have, like karma and destiny and so forth. And I think it argues for the possibility of creating or filling out a new kind of logic, which I call experiential logic. So from my vantage point, you can incorporate the mystical and the spiritual and so forth but it doesn't have to be in the clouds. It can be right on this earth, terra firma. My, my way of interpreting these things is a detailed mess, uh, methodology for you to be able to take these very interesting experiences and see them from the vantage point of, and this is the key point, person-specific information. That's my claim to synchronicity fame. I insist that the best interpretation, the best way to decode these often mysterious experiences is to go for the most personal, concrete information you can have because that's the key to resolving what I think is the core of synchronicities, which is that these things are in, a, in the soil 
of seemingly unsolvable problems and that if you dedicate yourself to struggling with struggle instead of giving up, it initiates what I believe is everybody's own creative process and that the, in the act of struggling with struggle, you will activate your own creative process, which is like a psychological scavenger hunt and you're hunting for clues like pieces of a puzzle. And when you have enough of these pieces, they will form a pattern and the pattern will be experienced as a synchronicity. But because it's in coded form, you have to have a methodology for decoding it and to cut to the chase. I think the best way to view the decoding process is to view synchronicities as waking dreams. So if you go to dream theory and the various ways of interpreting dreams, you can apply whatever uh, dream theory or dream methodology uh, to to, um, interpret your dreams and apply it to your synchronicities and you will have the message unlocked. Why bother? These things, when they happen, are, they're sort of small synchronicities and large synchronicities. The big synchronicities are the ones where you, you look back or you hear and you say to yourself, that's, that's mind-blowing. That is amazing. And, of course, it's always reduced to statistics. You know, it's like one in a billion. It's, it's improbable. Statistical, um, statistics mean nothing uh, in, in terms of, I think, understanding the nature of these things. What means something is how impressed you are with how important and they often the really important ones are truly life-defining i'm going to mention one in a couple of minutes which i had uh as i was nearing uh the completion of my book um at this point we'll have to take another break we will come back While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. 
He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at... Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life is no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying... Welcome you back to the Ask Dr. Gibbs show. You left off when uh, I was about to give you a summary or an overview of the differences between the uh, Jungian approach and my approach. Before I do it, I think a good way of introducing the differences in theories is to quote from Jung and Freud. Forgot, I think I may have given you this. I want to repeat it because I think it gets to the essence of the difference. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2.00. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Between the two. In 
coming to terms with the meaning of life. Big question. Jung says in his memoir uh, concerning the importance of synchronicities to him personally, he says, my whole being was seeking for something still unknown that might confer meaning upon the banality of life. The banality of life. That's a, that's not a very happy uh, vision of life as we live it, is it? So he's more concerned with, I think, what comes after. Or he wants cosmic consciousness. He wants to be lit up. He wants to be in touch with what he obviously assumes is absolute meaning. Personal meaning isn't enough for this guy. He wants divine revelation. Okay, fine. Most people do. Is there a contrast? Contrast his statement with Freud, who says, the completion of a, psych of a successful psychoanalysis results in transforming your hysterical misery, meaning neurotic suffering, into an acceptance of everyday common unhappiness. Oh, my Lord. You mean this is really a veil of tears? And all you got to look forward to is just kind of accepting that that's reality? Who needs that? Well, I do. I think it makes imminently good sense. If you, if you imagine that maybe there is no absolute meaning and you are your own final authority in this mystery, then in a way everybody's equal by virtue of guessing or trying to figure out what's their purpose, what are we doing here, and that, in a way, everybody's equal. Everybody's take on what's really going on is equal to everybody else. So you can have, if you wish to, presidents and Supreme Court justices and award ceremonies and all that, which are, I think, artificial you know, distinctions that people like to have. They like to feel superior and special and all that kind of thing. Well, in this view, everybody's special. Everybody's equally special in trying to come to terms with what are we doing here and who cares and does it mean anything? And instead of trying to be, to get meaning delivered to you by divine revelation, in a way, you have to be responsible for finding it for yourself, however that is. Now, most people I know, they're not going to do that. They don't like experiencing themselves as the final authority. So they will tend to project it. Project it onto what? God, um, forces outside one, occult forces, um, uh, divine messages from the dead. You know, you get, you get the idea and or some other thing like science or religion or some kick or some obsession or whatever, all in the service of denying one's own final authority, which is a really tough responsibility. But I think from my vantage point, that's where it all is, that ultimately you only know what you know. And some of us know a lot and some of us don't. And some of us take what you know seriously and some don't. Which gets back to my idea that the best information that you're going to get in terms of decoding is ultimately going to relate to you personally. Personal, specific knowledge is what I think is the key to success. Okay, on to the um, table that I drew in which I have a number of um, indices, which I'll read over to get a better um, grip of this, you're not going to remember this probably, go to uh, my book and look at this chart. The uh, indices are 
in terms of the messages, the source of the knowledge of these messages. For Jung, it's archetypal knowledge. For Williams, it's self-generated. Then there's the issue of location. Where are these things from? feels like they're from the outside. In the Jungian point of view, it is from the outside. It's, it's transcendent to the self. In my view, it's imminent. Even if it feels like these messages come from the outside, they're ultimately, I think, coming from yourself. Then there's the method of transmission. How are these things transmitted, these messages? From Jung, they're revealed, they're unmediated, they're intuited, they're channeled, and you passively receive them. From William's point of view, they're realized and they are interpreted by an individual. Then there's the issue of change. These things tend to imply big changes are going on. From the Jungian point of view, the change is instantaneous and permanent. From my point of view, it may seem like it's instantaneous and permanent, but it's really the result of working through struggling with struggle. If you imagine putting a, um, you want an oak and you plant a um, acorn. If that acorn has the right atmosphere and uh, protection over time, it will indeed create a root system and it's eventually going to bud and it's going to turn into a tree. From my vantage point, Jung is interested mainly in the end product of the tree. I'm interested in the process, slow growth process of uh, being planted and developing over time. And then the end product is going to be the uh, flowering of the acorn. Then there's the issue of meaning. Uh, Jung believes that there's absolute meaning and that a synchronicity is evidence that you have made a connection with absolute meaning. From my vantage point, it's relative to the observer. Then there's the issue of consciousness. Uh, Jung makes a huge big deal over what he calls the collective unconscious, and the synchronicities from him is that you're indeed get, making a connection with the collective, which is the home of absolute knowledge assumed. From my vantage point, that's a really nice uh, fairy tale that's very seductive and I don't think it's really been proven. Uh, and I think it's a cop-out from being alive and uh, uh, owning up to your own individual experience. In place of the collective unconscious, I like the idea of getting in touch with your personal consciousness and personal unconscious. And I think it's a much more reliable uh, indicator of what's real about the information that you are uh, collecting and seeking and trying to interpret. Then there's the idea of the self. Jung believes that it's preformed before birth, and what you have to do is to uh, uh, ultimately realize that you have splits in yourself and that life's meaning is reconciling the splits and getting back to a sense of unity where you have an experience of absolute knowledge. I think that's all poppycock. That's nonsense. Uh, from my vantage point, the self is split at birth, and your job is to indeed uh, he reconcile the opposites, but you do it by struggling with struggle, hopefully in a loving environment where you're going to get good feedback and good guidance. Then uh, finally, if you were have a patient uh, and uh, with a therapist, I think the role of the therapist when you have these things uh, automatically stated by your um, uh, patient that from the vantage point of what's the relationship between the therapist and the patient in dealing with these things, 
I think the Jungian point of view is that you're co-creating. Both of you are trying to assess what the meaning is. And that from my vantage point, uh, what the therapist thinks about a given synchronicity is frankly not all that important. There should be an emphasis on what the patient thinks. And uh, I think that encourages creativity. Um, Person-specific information. As I said, I think this is the core of why my method is superior to every other. Um, some are going to call that arrogant. Uh, my answer is I'm old enough to feel, A, I'm doing this radio show. I get the privilege of saying whatever I want to say. It is either going to fall on resonant ears or not. I am not particularly interested in criticism as to whether or not I am a synchronicity narcissist. I have a specific point of view. And if anybody is uh, absolute about what he thinks, read Jung. This guy is very dogmatic. I reserve the right to be equally dogmatic. Take it or leave it. See if it works. That's what I want to convey. So person-specific information. When synchronicities are viewed in the framework of contextual analysis, they always seem to be intimately associated with the current preoccupation of the person. Thus, the decoded messages may be expected to yield person-specific information. In my personal and professional experience, the embedded message is rarely symbolic of an archetype, although if that happens to be the concern of a given patient, then it might be conceivably so, and then... Uh, trying to understand the archetype that you're connecting with is certainly going to be person-specific information. The Jungian penchant for looking for predicted symbolism, supposedly associated with a connection with archetypal knowledge, seems to me to be a bit forced and generalized, overgeneralized, when compared to the patient's own personal and specific associations to what he or she is experiencing. Synchronicities mark significant shifts in consciousness, the result of a person having accessed, synthesized, and integrated vital person-specific information concerning their natures. The cathexis, or connection, of this vital information and processing it is an application of what I call experiential logic in the service of resolving the inevitable problems of daily living. From my vantage point, life could be viewed as an unending series of problems. Thus, the good life, in part, or a large part, consists of learning to be an expert in problem solving. I think that a serious interest in synchronicities and what, where they come from, explaining them and how you use them in your own uh, service of yourself is a, a long way on the road to learning how to be an expert problem solver. Synchronicities indicate the experiencer is engaged in the process of actively grasping and synthesizing Seemingly disparate concepts derived from those five things that I mentioned, speculative philosophy and so forth. Further, these concepts in turn are experienced through the prisms of a person's stream of informational sources, including their ideas, feelings, intuitions, and bodily sensations. All of this in a, is in a mix where process enables a person to distill person-specific vital knowledge for the purposes of effective problem solving. Um, I will end on 
uh, well, actually, let me give you something else. On decoding, steps for decoding your own synchronicities. It bears repeating that a person does not have to be a patient in analytic treatment for an extended amount of time to be able to benefit from the self-generated messages sent to you from your creative core. The following are some guidelines in effective decoding. Decoding implies a process that is for the purposes of illuminating the assumed hidden or embedded information. Relevant questions are, what is the nature of this information? From where is it generated? How is it best utilized once decoded? By all means, keep a journal of those experiences you feel are noteworthy for any reason. A journal is not a diary. I will continue on after the next break. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers in healing 
to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genix provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. You're listening to the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Welcome back to the Ask Dr. Gibbs show, the last segment. Boy, time sure flies when you're having a good time. I hope I can get in all the material that I have for you. Uh, this last section is going to be on decoding your own synchronicities, and I want to give you a really remarkable synchronicity that I had and show you the steps in uh, decoding it, which maybe you can use as an outline to decoding your own if you're interested. I will end up by indicating that the last few weeks, uh, since the beginning of the show, I guess nine uh, broadcasts ago, was, uh, exclusively dealing with synchronicities and their meanings and uses and so forth. The next uh, broadcast is going to introduce a new topic, which has to do with managing, effectively managing uh, periods or feelings of anxiety, depression, stress, and one other that eludes me, so I'm very stressed out about this, uh, anxiety, stress, and frustration, and other negative feelings. I imagine that everybody knows what these feelings are, and that uh, my bet is that you think these are among the most marvelous feelings you've ever had in your lifetime. Joke. You probably hate them. And the key to success that I will deliver in detail is you've got to take your negative attitude to these uh, painful affects and transform them from negative to positive. The show next week will introduce the topic in detail, and I hope that you will gather around all your friends who are stressed out and nervous and driving you crazy and introduce them to this show. 
I guarantee you it's going to be a really interesting show. And furthermore, I think if my idea was adopted and the, the relatively simple um, method I have of effectively managing these things, I think it has worldwide repercussions, meaning you know the argument about uh, the drug companies, you know, calling all these things pathological, and it's a bunch of hooey and propaganda. And what they don't indicate is that research indicates that 75% of the positive effects of um, antidepressant and anti-anxiety drugs is really placebo, meaning mind over body. Attitude really counts. I will show you how to switch your attitude from negative to positive and learn how to feel that you're mastering these um, terrible feelings rather than you feeling intimidated by it. So I hope I have uh, stirred your curiosity. I hope you will come and please send me your questions. On decoding your own synchronicities. Decoding implies a process that is um, trying to make the hidden information uh, open, reveal the secret. In a way, the method is really simple. When a synchronicity occurs, describe it in detail and insert it into your journal material, which you're going to date. Before you consider the synchronicity interpretation, ask yourself if you can identify a problem, personal problem, probably with identity or interpersonal relationships or creativity or you're blocked in some way with which you have been preoccupied that seems virtually impossible to resolve. If you can do so, according to my theory, your synchronicity indicates that you have a pre-conscious solution that needs to be decoded. So you can take that path and uh, make your problem into something which is a creative activity. Now look at the details of your synchronicity. They always have two halves. So all, all synchronicities have a common structure. You have an internal event, an external event, they seem not caused, but they seem extremely meaningful. Then you want to free associate. Just say what comes to mind with both the inner event and the outer event and joining the two together. Bear in mind that if I am correct, the details of the synchronicity will have an intimate and inevitable link to what you are trying to do with resolving your seemingly unsolvable problem. All right, in that connection, as I was pondering, actively wanting to write a book on synchronicities, and I was all jammed up, I, was, I became aware of a fascination with Tiger Woods, you know, the famous golfer, who interestingly enough is trying to make a comeback after being out of commission for four years. That may or may not be synchronistic. It's interesting. After Tiger Woods' superlative performance at the British Open, I was in awe about his superlative performance winning the British Open to say nothing about his overall performance in general. And this guy was a magician. I have tried in my article, which I wrote, in trying to understand what is his power? How does he manage to be so effective? I wrote an article called The Tiger's Tale dot, dot, the game of golf, and the game of life. To this end, I was trying to understand how he became so successful. 
and I was looking from the perspective of a formula. Uh, I, I was in uh, backtrack. I was in psychoanalysis at this time, and I was trying to be a successful patient, meaning I wanted to be a successful human being. I didn't feel like I was. I felt like a failure and blocked. To this end, I became very aware of time. Indeed, I started analysis wearing no watch. I found it was an intrusion. I didn't want to be in time. I had a battle between linear time and childhood time. It is assumed in my analysis, my analyst used to keep saying, you know, time really doesn't exist. It's just a necessary and convenient construction for aiding human beings to have some order in their life. Well, that made sense to me, uh, but I didn't really know what to do with it. He used a phrase which is utterly simple, but it perplexed me for eight years, where he kept saying, time equals libido. This is nothing short of E equals MC, what is it? E equals MC squared. Energy equals mass times uh, mass squared. This sounded big, but I didn't get it. It was years until I understood what that little phrase meant. Time equals libido. Libido is simply basic energy, which is consciously or unconsciously directed to some end. I applied the time equals libido formula to what I believed is Tiger Woods' formula for success, meaning no one alive appears to have more focus and determination than Tiger Woods. He's totally committed to being the very best golfer in the world. Besides having a clear-cut goal, he also struggles with struggle to perfect every part of his game on a daily basis. When you add talent plus de determination and practice, to me, it is no coincidence that he has obtained his objective and is able to sustain it until, of course, he ran into realistic limitations and he hurt his back and I think he's a psychological wreck and so forth. But if he were free of that stuff, he'd be where he was when I hero-worshipped him. As I was writing the article, I had another one of those amazing synchronicities just as I was relating my analyst formula of time equals libido to understanding Tiger Woods' formula for success, I heard at that time on national public radio, a program, the following statement. Listen carefully. Wittenberg's device utilized as a diagnostic tool. Wittenberg's device utilized as a diagnostic tool. I found that utterly amazing. Now, I will predict that not one of you is going to find that particular phrase amazing like I did, unless you understand that the name of my psychoanalyst was Rudolf Wittenberg. Still stranger is the coincidence of the enormous importance of Tiger Woods' father for him, no less than the importance of my psychoanalyst, my spiritual father's significance to me, onto the interpretation. It's rather roundabout, but from my vantage point, this is these are the steps that you can take to uncode the message for you, and I think I will hopefully convince you that it's well worth the effort. The steps in interpreting synchronicities from a naturalistic perspective using this particular one are Step 1. Identify both halves of the synchronicity. 
In this case, the subjective event going on at me at the time of the synchronicity was my consciously mulling over the formula time equals libido, often mentioned by my analyst. In terms of the objective external event, the voice in the radio was saying Wittenberg's device was used as a diagnostic tool. I saw meaning between the two, internal and external. This event satisfies the definition of a synchronicity. The two halves are not causally related in the conventional sense, but they are linked together by a very powerful equivalence of meaning. Step two, identify the specific context in which the synchronicity is embedded. These contexts are the current surface practical concerns, the current psychological issues, and the historical psychological issues. In my case, I was aware that I had a wealth of information amassed over 40 years of my investigating the perplexities of meaningful coincidences. I was also aware of the need and desire to stop researching and share the information in a book. But the thought of actually committing myself to writing a book was daunting. That is, it stirred painful anxiety, almost to the point of panic. My habitual way of coping with the intensity of the anxiety was to employ a defensive attitude of manana, I'll get to it tomorrow. And of course, tomorrow meant more research and I never got to writing the book. My mind was aware that I was fudging as tomorrow stretched into another tomorrow and then that tomorrow stretched and so forth. In the background of my rationalization, I heard the voice of my deceased analyst saying his often uh, phrase to me, time equals libido. Whereas the few short words sounded profound to me, I could never quite capture their significance at this point. Then I had a run of free associations. A number of questions came to mind. What was the anxiety all about, and what was I obviously trying to avoid? Wasn't it obvious that I would never begin to write the book if I didn't figure out what my anxiety was and face it head on? In we all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for two fifty. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just two dollars. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Or combo meal, single item at regular price. Ba -ba -ba -ba.